0: Um, that was my whistling. Ooh. Welcome to Southern and Scared. I am your host, Emma. This is my co-host, Mary Grace. Hey. Today, we're going to be talking about a um, a psychiatrist. Well, you know what? We'll get into it. Let's just do the title first, Emma. Let's circle back.
1: Let's circle. Let's do like a little roundabout here. A little
0: roundabout. Ooh, hate those. Yeah. Anyway, uh, today's episode is going to be about John E. Mack, or as I like to call it, the scholar who believed.
1: Ooh.
0: Now, about the whistling. Um, we've discovered that I can whistle, and Mary Grace cannot.
1: I have a weak whistler. Oh, you're... It's, it's, it's the truth about me. I'll, let, let me give it a good try. Hold on, hold on.
0: Did you hear that, guys?
1: <laughs> that was That's all I got.
0: That was, like, the sweetest little baby bird... Wow, that was something else.
1: I need lessons. I'm sorry.
0: I always think about um, that scene in Madagascar when he's like, "I could be a competitive whistler."
1: That's, that's you. That's
0: me. Oh, that's not me. I, oh, it's me though. I have always been proud of my whistling abilities. You be. Um because I, if you can, if you were really proud of how good you were as a whistler when you were a kid, you probably weren't that great at other things. <laughs> So let's get into it, shall we? Yeah, yes. Born in New York on October 4th, 1929, we have John E. Mack. This was a renowned psychiatrist at Harvard University. He was actually referred to as a Harvard star in the book The Believer by Ralph, and I'm gonna try my hardest to pronounce this last name. Uh Blumenthal.
1: Blumenthal
0: Blumenthal Now, this is is not a southern episode We usually talk about cryptids We usually talk about spooky things And this is spooky, but it's not necessarily going to be hilarious You know, it's not like a serious subject or anything It's just that I wanted to approach this episode I wanted to approach this episode differently I wanted to go at this with real research, I wanted to be a little bit more serious about it, and I just, I wanted to give you guys good content. Yes. Content.
1: We are silly gals. (laughs) We are silly gals. But we gotta pick up the goof and gaffs and put them away sometimes.
0: Well, we're not putting them away, it's just gonna be a little bit more, this felt like I was doing an essay. Right, And but I got to throw in silly little silly little bullet points every now and then, like for instance, uh, whenever I talk about John E Mac this episode, I'm going to refer to him as Mac, and I'm trying very very hard to not make any "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia" jokes. Oh, I love
1: that.
0: And uh, I'm also trying to not make any Macklemore jokes.
1: I was thinking, like, I thought you were going to go in, like, a Miss Mary Mac Miss direction. Miss Mary Mac, yeah. Mac,
0: Mac, Mac, believed in alien abductions, abductions, abductions. but remix. no. Remix. <laughs> I saw this tweet one time that was, like, uh, he was on an airplane, and the little girl in front of him was singing the alphabet, but she was so little that she was getting it, like, all out of sorts, and somebody yelled, yes, girl, remix. <laughs> 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 so, John E. Mack, uh, his best known work was as a Pulitzer Prize winning biography. His work won a Pulitzer Prize. It was titled Prince of Our Disorder, which is about T.E. Lawrence. As a bit of context, uh, T.E. Lawrence was a British archaeologist and a scholar who is best known for his activities in World War I. I did a lot of research, but if I were to do all the research, as to why um, a, as to why a psychiatrist was writing a biography about an archaeologist, this would be a three-part episode, and I'm just not really here for that. So um, perhaps it was because of his anti-war affiliations and beliefs because Mac was a founder of the Organization Physicians for a Social Responsibility, which is the U.S affiliate of International Physicians for the Prevention of Nuclear War. That's
1: a lot of words
0: it is. That's a lot of words. <laughs> that's
1: a lot of words. What Too does that bad mean? I'm not
0: reading them. <laughs> Do you know that one? I don't know. No, there's a TikTok sound that's like, that's a lot of words. Too bad I'm not reading them.
1: Or just like that sign on King of the Hill where it's like, he he gets Bobby to take out a sign. He's like, if oh, those kids can really read <laughs> them. They'd be, be very upset. Mad.
0: Yeah. T L D R. Yeah, too d- long. Didn't read. Didn't read. read no. Yeah, but um, you don't have to read, folks, because I'm just gonna tell you. And this was such a cool thing to research. Like this guy, that I let me just tell, let me just tell, <laughs> okay. So Mac was also a member of the International Physicians for the Prevention of Nuclear War. Uh, he was not only concerned for the human race, but for Earth itself. He was head of psychiatry at Harvard Medical School. Oh, so he was. Here. This is um, this is Mr. Big Brain. Mr.
1: Big Brain energy.
0: Yes, um, but in 1989, Mac was introduced to a sketch artist, and this was not just any sketch artist. This was a sketch artist for those who believed that they had been abducted by non-human forms or aliens. Whoa. This artist's name was Bud Hopkins. Bud had experienced his own UFO experience in 1964 with three other people in the middle of the day. Quote from PBS.org, I had a daytime UFO sighting on Cape Cod. It lasted about three minutes. The object seemed to be able to hover, and then it zoomed at great speed straight into the wind. We'd thought perhaps it was some kind of flat balloon or something, but clearly it wasn't. And when you see something like that, and the three of us jumping out of the car finally to watch it disappear, you realize that there's something, that there's some factor in the world that you had previously been unaware of, and it could be an extraordinarily important factor. Max said in his book that the day he met Hopkins, which was January 10th, 1990, was a time that he wouldn't forget because that was when it changed everything.
1: He's a very well-spoken man that quotes, like, okay.
0: Yeah, well, Bud Hopkins was originally an artist, and it also said that he experienced... Have you ever heard of the War of the Worlds radio thing? Yes. Yes, so in his early childhood, he was listening to the radio, and that War of the Worlds radio um, production came on, and it scared him. It left him like mental scars because he Don't really thought, him, though. yeah, he really thought that the world was being taken over by aliens. Now, this turned him into more of a skeptic. But then, when he experienced this in 1964, I was trying to think, I was like, 1964, 1964, um, that changed. Everything for him. And he began to work with people who claimed to have been abducted by aliens. So when Mac met him, this changed absolutely everything for him. From there, Mac founded the Program for Extraordinary Experience Research with a grant from Lawrence Rockefeller. Whoa. Lawrence Rockefeller being the grandson of John D. Rockefeller. And please don't ask me about the Rockefellers because I tried to do research and all that I could find out was that John D. Rockefeller was like the richest man in America's history or whatever, which I'm sure may not be true now. Yeah. Considering we got old Musky Baby. Mm,
1: don't. Mm. We won't start on the rich man bad talk today.
0: Well, we could.
1: Unless. No.
0: No. No. No, let's no. 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 not. Anyway. Did give him a grant to start the program for extraordinary experience research. So that's pretty cool.
1: Good on his part. Good yeah. on his part.
0: Okay. Um, all that I really know is that they had that money, that chang chang. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you know what I'm saying. Um, on the John E Mac Institute website, the organization, also known as PEER, which is the program for extraordinary experience research, is described as. A place for supportive exploration, neutral listening, and open inquiry for people having experiences that challenge our notions of reality and the world in which we live. That's awesome. It is, is awesome. Is this still a thing No. Am
1: I, am I rushing into the rest of this? No, is it? Okay. it is
0: um, It is a wrapped up organization. Um, and again, I'm afraid that this is going to be a short episode, um, which is fine, but... Yeah. I just want you guys to know that there is so much research that is in this that it could be packed into a three-part episode if I really wanted it to. Right. But for now, we're just going to stick to a, a shorter episode.
1: A little synopsis. A little summary.
0: This is the notes. Yes. This is just the notes. So not just aliens, but like also, are they just saying that? Because the way that they summarized the group, it was like, we well, We're not just, we're not just aliens, you know. Yeah. We do other stuff too, but also, we know why you started. Mm. It was Mm because of them aliens, wasn't it? So, Mac was using this controversial method of hypnosis to draw memories from abductees, which was controversial because it isn't foolproof, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So, hypnosis, you kind of, it could be that you're pulling real memories it could also be that you never know, is somebody lying? Are they exaggerating? Or did their brain just make it up?
1: Yeah, the brain is a is an odd little thing. It
0: is. It truly is. And, I mean, you could have dreams that are so vivid that you think that it's a memory.
1: Yes, or, like, I don't know if anyone else has this. Like, when you're just falling asleep, like, you're mm-hmm. not quite asleep, but your brain's just doing some funky stuff. I would be seeing some walls still. Yeah, man. I don't know. I'll just be like, I'll have to open my eyes for a second and be like, uh, you good? Mary Grace, because that that was wild. I don't know where you got that from.
0: The other night, I was falling asleep, and I was like, I had woken up, but I was still very much asleep. Mm-hmm. Like I was in this like middle state of being awake but being completely asleep, and I really thought that in my brain, what I thought was happening was that Jimmy was in the living room wrapping a present.
1: So I it's Christmas baby.
0: So I texted him and I said this is quote what I said. I said, "What are you doing in there?" And, he, and he's in his office playing video games and he texts me back and he says, "What do you mean?" And I said, "I mean, what you got going on in there? What are you doing?" I'm just curious. And he was like, he came into the bedroom. He's like, What are you talking about? Yeah. And I was just like, I know you're rapping presents. And he was like, I'm playing video games. <laughs> and so you really never know. You just don't. yeah. The brain is not trustworthy. They'd be doing
1: some wacky stuff. We could be They'd living really
0: in be. a simulation. Who knows? In 1994, Harvard began an investigation determining if Max should lose his tenure. Oh. Because um, they and they did this on the low low. Mm-hmm. They did this very discreetly, and they did this because they referred to Mac's research into extraterrestrial phenomena as a Harvard Harvard professor as quote unprofessional. After 14 months, however, it was determined by the dean that quote and I got this from good old Wikipedia. I'm sorry, Mom. But there's a lot out there, and Wikipedia, it's just, I don't think it's that bad anymore. It's fine.
1: Maybe, first sponsor, Wikipedia. Wikipedia. You know, if you're hearing this, I know you ask money from us most of the time, yeah.
0: <laughs> but, you know, I mean, throw a little our way. Yeah, come on. I Just, you know what? you don't even have to pay us. Just tell us that you are listening, and yeah. that would be good enough for us. If we could just say... This episode is emotionally sponsored by <laughs> Wikipedia.
1: They just have our back,
0: okay? Yeah. Um, so after 14 months, um, the quote is that the dean reaffirmed Doctor Mack's academic freedom to study what he wishes and to state his opinions without impediment. Um, in 1999, Mac went on to write "Passport to the Cosmos: Human Transformation and Alien Encounters." This was the follow-up to his first book, "Abduction." Human Encounters with Aliens Yeah, I, I own one of these books I own um, Abduction, Human Encounters with Aliens And I tried to get both of them for the library But they are sold out everywhere Oh man, It is ridiculous I've looked on all of the book buying websites And it is just like permanently out of stock They're not really making it anymore So it's expensive to get even if you want to get it um, So I'm glad that I own it
1: Right. Personally. Is it just an older book? Is that why they're not reprinting it? It is. Yeah, um, it or? yeah.
0: Abduction was released in 1994. Passport to the Cosmos was released in 1999. Um, so they're old books. They're not really impressed anymore. But they were very, like, abduction was, like, wildly popular. So I'm super surprised that it's not right. at least being released anymore. Mm-hmm. But whatever. That's neither here nor there. Um, good for him. I'm. Glad that it's always sold out, even though he's dead.
1: Yeah, maybe the fam's getting. <laughs> I hope money. that. I mean, good for them. I
0: hope that his family is getting some of that sweet, sweet abduction money. Yes. And uh, finally, and this is trigger warning: death um, on Monday, September twenty seventh, two thousand four, at eleven twenty five p.m. in London, U.K. Uh, Mac was struck by a drunk driver.
1: Oh my god! Crossing
0: the street. And passed away. He was on his way to speak at a conference at the time.
1: That's tragic, dude.
0: It really is tragic. And, I mean, I just... I kind of wish that he was still alive. Because the knowledge that this man had to offer to the world was incredible. Right. I mean, everything that he did, all of his research, two books worth, books about him... Which we can always reach back to his books, but the fact that he was kind of taken from us is so sad. And I just think that he was an incredible person. He was also super anti-nuclear war. He did a lot of research on how nuclear war would affect people and tried to put everything he could towards ending the Cold War. And so he was just a super cool dude.
1: Yeah. And which I don't wanna to get too conspiracy. You stop me if this is too conspiracy. But why I'm just I'm not saying it. <laughs> why do all the great people that have stuff to offer like that mm-hmm. end up in these kind of tragedies? You know? I mean, if if he had some world changing opinions here. Mm-hmm.
0: Hmm. hmm. Well,
1: you know Interesting you would say that.
0: Interesting. What I will say is that We're not going to say anything. (laughs) So, I don't know. I hate being, like, I think that conspiracy theories can be super dangerous. I was actually talking about it with my friend Tyler yesterday. Shout out, Tyler. He's not going to listen to this because he doesn't have Spotify. Um, But I'll just tell him that I gave him a shout out. We were talking about conspiracy theories yesterday, and he made a good point. He's like, conspiracy theories can be super hurtful when it comes to, the deaths of celebrities, because, you know, like, those are people.
1: Absolutely. They have families. Yeah. I mean, that's, like, to discredit, like, them losing their family member Mm -hmm. to some greater scheme, it's kind of like, um, what?
0: Yeah, like, you know, saying that Princess Diana was abducted by lizard people. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's not super cool. But, 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 I'm just saying that it is... It is kind of interesting that this guy who had all of this amazing research about UFOs and would have been kind of on the radar of the government, you know? Absolutely. Was, uh, was taken from us far too soon. Mm-hmm. But I will say that I, I it's so hard to say whether or not you believe in a conspiracy theory or not because on the one hand, I want to say... It's possible. Right. It is totally possible. But also, I don't want to hurt anyone's family.
1: That's true. That's very true. Because, I mean, on the other side, if, well, of course, how they report it. If it's mm-hmm. drunk driving, um, just as bad yeah. and evil and...
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. It's um, don't drink and drive. Please don't. Ever.
1: Yeah, it's call me.
0: Call me, you yes. Know what? If you're in the UK, if I don't care where you are, if you are like across the country and
1: Absolutely. I'm pulling up.
0: Well, I'll Venmo you. Yeah. I'll Venmo you ten dollars to get into an Uber Please. to go home. It costs more than ten dollars to get into an Uber. What a small you know? town thing of me. To say <laughs> But you know it's it's an emotional. It's an emotional yeah. topic that we don't have to get into. Yeah. So we'll um
1: open that can of worms.
0: No, and I'm sorry if this was triggering for anyone to listen to. Um, I did try to add that trigger warning at the beginning, but I know that some things you're just not prepared to hear about. Right. Any whatsies. Um Anything else to add, Mary Grace?
1: I wish that was still a program, though. That's going yeah. on to this day because yeah. I'd be very interested to hear like what twenty twenty three experiences like that sound
0: yes. like. Because so much has changed since nineteen ninety four and nineteen ninety nine. I mean, we've come into a whole brand new what do you call it? Century? Yes. Millennium. Something like that. Uh <laughs> one of those things. Yeah. There's a two at the beginning now.
1: Yeah. That's like that. Has been our whole entire lifespan Mm -hmm. worth of time.
0: Yeah, pretty much. So, I'm I'm a 97
1: baby. 96?
0: Yeah. We are, we're young. Just in case you didn't know how old we were. (laughs) I'm
1: glad you see it that way.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah. Well, okay. So, I am used to being the baby in like my friend groups and things like that. So, I'm still, I'm clinging tightly to the, I'm still a baby. (laughs) I am but a child. I guess I don't have very much else to say. Thank I say you.
1: Three part episode about this little fella okay right
0: here. Um, if you would like more information on John E. Mack, uh, like my post on the Instagram that I'm going to make about this on Southern and Scared. And shoot me a message and say, hey, I really enjoyed that. I'd like to know more. And I will do it. I will. The book, even though as a librarian it is, well, it's hard for me, even though I'm a librarian, to read. I don't have an attention span at all. It is so hard, but I will do it. I'll do it for you. For you. I'll do it for my listeners.
1: Anything for you guys. We do love
0: you very much. Aww. And thank you for all the kind words. Um, thank you to my old co-worker, Haley, for sending Aww. me a super sweet message. I love you, Haley, and happy anniversary to you and your hubby, Aww. which is today. Okay. Do you want to say thank you to your friend that gave you a nice oh message? Oh, my God.
1: Rodney the goat. Every day, the goat, thank you for complimenting my Mothman critique. And I was like, he was like, I loved the Mothman episode. And I was like, um, I just thirsted about Mothman. And he's like, no, that was the best part. So I'm like, thank you. Thank you, sir.
0: Well, anyway, um, thank you all for listening. It truly means the world to me. This is awesome.
1: Love you guys.
0: Love you so much. Um, let's Let's whistle out.